Blog Talk Radio. You're about to hear a revolution in talk radio. Liberty Talk Radio, where the critical thinking will defrag your mind of propaganda-ridden viruses induced by mass media news programming. No BS here, just the facts. And now we present to you America's quintessential iconoclastic anomaly. Wow. In talk radio, your host, Joe Cristiano. Welcome, everyone, to Liberty Talk Radio, America's Libertarian Voice, broadcasting from our studio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to around the world. I'm your host, Joe Cristiano, and this is your antidote to Liberty Talk Radio. Folks, it's time for us to take back control of our government, now before this bureaucratic, oversized, and self-serving federal government starves us of our property, our freedom, our rights, and our liberty. But to do this, we must shed conventional thinking regarding our political structure. We need to be revolutionaries in thought. This is this in action. Only after we recognize what our government is doing to our and our constitution, we start taking it back. And this program is just about that. Folks, today we're honored to have as a returning guest, the economist from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Andy Sutton. Before I put him on, I want to make a comment. We're going to talk about the dysfunctionality of our government when it comes to inconsistent U.S. foreign policy. Quite frankly, I don't know why our government has to have a foreign policy. If we should have a foreign policy. I should have a foreign policy. If I want to do business or have some sort of personal relations with someone around the globe, that's my business. It should be no one else's. Whether they live in Chile, Kazakhstan, China, it makes no difference. It should be my prerogative as a free person of this planet to do business with or be friends with or not friends with anyone else on the planet. But we always look towards the government for every Everything that we do, we need a policy, we need a law, we need a rule, we need parameters, we can't afford just to talk to anyone, God forbid, but the government can make all sorts of legislation that restricts our freedom, and at the same time, somehow, someone in Washington is making a heck of a lot of money on it, while we get repay for it, and we literally pay, we literally pay, for our freedoms to be reduced and diminished. And then we thank these crooks in Washington, these slime balls in Washington, you know, and then we do is we go to the polls and we elect them all over again. You know, beyond me. Now that I ranted for a second, here we are. Here we are. Andy Sutton. Andy Andy, welcome to Liberty Andy, Talk Radio. Sorry, sorry for the diatribe. Sorry for the diatribe. I'm sorry. You clearly don't need me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, what's wrong with your point of view? What's wrong with our dysfunctional, I guess, our, our U.S. foreign policy or even foreign policy? There was actually a really good article saying, I'm not going to say what source it was on, but people can easily go and find it themselves. Uh, it seems anytime I mention certain keywords, my website ceases to exist. Uh, so if you go to my website now, you're going to find uh, the background images of the Constitution. And there's a couple of Thomas Jefferson quotes about banks and money uh, that people really ought to take to heart. And that's it. There's nothing else because it's kind of hard to hack 
an image and some text, but you know, I'm sure some of these bozos could figure it out. Uh, but yeah, there was a good article about comparing us once again to the Roman Empire and the parallels about losing power at the end. You know, and I I agree. And I think personally, my opinion is this whole thing revolves around the petrodollar. Uh, it's been under attack for 15, 20 years now, and it, the attacks are starting to, to cause damage. And that is why I think you're seeing all these lashing out at various countries. Uh, the, the countries that we lash out at and that we've been lashing out against have a couple of things in common. One is they choose or would like not to use dollars for foreign exchange. And the second thing is they don't have a Rothschild slash IMF slash World Bank controlled central bank. Those are the two things that they have. And when they show a resistance uh, to going in the United States' way, we bomb them, basically. Uh, that's our foreign policy right there in a nutshell. You either take this corrupt system or else you get bombs dropped on you. And this was one of the uh, possibilities that was talked about in the late 80s and early 90s uh, when, when uh, Daddy Bush, not Shrub, Daddy Bush, uh, got, I call the grandfather tree, so it's tree, bush, shrub. So <laughs> that, that should help people understand, uh, you know, the hierarchy there. Uh, anyway, all kidding aside, when George Bush, uh, the daddy, mentioned uh, the New World Order or a New World Order, this, this is what he was talking about. America was going to be the global police, and we were going to have the biggest military, and we were just going to go around. Do you think that our government is doing the things it's doing? Do you think that the, the, the puke that's coming out of the mouth of Obama, of Bush, of Trump, do you think this has anything to do with people in this country? No. It has everything to do with other people's interests who are outside this country for the most part. International bankers, international corporations, people who think they're above the law. That's basically what this is all about. It's about catering to a bunch of names, honestly, that most people have never heard before in their lives. And they're the ones... You know, everybody says, oh, you know, the United States is in debt, you know, whatever it is now, $250 trillion, uh, if you do it the right way. Uh, the world's in debt, you know, Google billions, whatever. Uh, well, who's all that money owed to? Nobody bothers to ask that question. Uh, it's not China, because guess what? China's in debt, too. So who exactly is all this money owed to? And this is the, this is the cabal or the cartel, whatever you want to call it, that is basically calling the shots. They're the ones, they're the creditors. The rest of us, we're, we're debtors, debt serfs, debt slaves, neo-feudalism, whatever you want to call it. Basically, what's been set up around the globe now, you look at Europe, uh, you look at North America, uh, you've got this, this uh, very feudalist type where you've got lords, vassals, serfs, slaves, and most of it centers around debt. And who's in debt to who, who's not in debt to who, uh, how much, and people in, it's not just here. I talk to people in England, I talk to people in Europe, I talk to people all the way down in Australia, and they all say the same thing. 
the average person in all of these countries, ours included, is not in a bucket of hammers when it comes to figuring this out. And I don't say that with impunity against anybody. Unless you really, really, really dig, you're not going to learn this stuff. You're not going to get this from media. You're not going to get this from CNBS. You're not going to get this. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? Yes. <laughs> well, that's what it is. I get. I, 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 I absolutely. Bravo, Sierra. Yeah, bless you, my child. But anyway, any of these so-called news networks—they're not news networks. It's basically marketing psychology uh, at play work here. Uh, they don't call it programming for nothing. And, you know, you, you give certain stimuli, you get a program response. You know, it's like the, the dog, Pavlov's dog. Uh, you, you get it to obey a command, you hold a treat, the dog salivates. We do the same thing. We, just, we don't even realize it. Uh, we're, so in that regard, we're basically the same as the dog. So now, how do you get out of this? How do you, the first thing you can do is shut your darn TV off. That's the first thing you can do. The second thing you can do is stop paying your cable unless you just need it for internet. Uh, the thing you can do is cut off your subscription to the newspaper. Uh, the fourth thing you can do is cut off your, well, X, uh, XM radio. They have news. Get rid of that. Get rid of all this stuff. Break out your old brain. Put put the running issues on your old brain and go run a marathon mm-hmm. with your brain mm-hmm. and apply a little common sense to this and say and realize that hey, nobody does anything for free. And if these guys weren't getting insanely rich with these ridiculous foreign policies, they wouldn't be doing it. So that's really why we have a foreign policy. And you remember how the media just absolutely trashed Ron Paul when he talked about uh, isolationism and protectionism. Uh, they didn't want to hear that. We can't do that. We, we have to be concerned because there's a real threat. Yeah, there is. It's, called you're losing your power and you don't like it right. uh right. get you know put on your put on your boy shorts there because uh, it's common you know these you know, these umpires only last a certain amount of time uh this one here has gone on 200 what 250 years runabouts mm-hmm. uh it's almost done it's almost over yeah mm-hmm. uh, chinese they've won for much much longer 4,000 years, something like that. Uh, so we're very short-lived uh, in, in terms of empires. Our cycle has happened very quickly. But here's the thing. Empires never die easy, especially now. Uh, we're going to die. We're going to go down soon. Not us, per se, but, you know, the empire, the, you know, the interventionalism, all that is going to go down swinging. And that's what's happening right now. You're saying they're going to pick a fight everywhere they can. They're going to pick a fight with Russia, Iran, Syria, uh, Turkey, who else? China, you know, tariffs. They're going to lay it all out there. You know, nuke deals, non-nuke deals, well, screw the North Koreans. We're not going to meet them this month. They're going to do everything that they can to antagonize. And I tell the stupid people on the right something, that puppet that's in there that's saying all the cool things that you think are tough, uh, that's a puppet. That's it. With a big mouth. Yeah. So yeah. people can come and hack my website some more. 
just like some, just just now, be, to be fair, just like the guy who before him was another puppet, also was a big man. And these guys make perfect lightning rods. Do you hear what that SOB said? You know, this is what you get on the street. I can't believe it. And everybody spends their time paying attention to a puppet and not paying attention to what's happening or what's actually going on. So that's kind of my rant, at least on foreign policy. But at least the foreign policy, as as wrong as it is, as twisted as it is, it makes a certain amount of sense. Yes. Why yes. things are being done the way they are. They're defending their their oil petrodollar standards. They don't have a gold standard anymore. Uh, so they're going to put the, the petrodollar. See, that's the thing. The, the gold standard was more for the people. The petrodollar standard is more for the banks and the corporations. And they, they don't care about. They don't care about us if we have a, a strong currency to be able to trade with. They, they don't care if we get made poor by the decade, by, by the century. That doesn't matter to them. What matters is their power. And that's what the petrodollar is. That's their power. For anybody who's not familiar with the term, uh, it's basically the idea, oil for dollars. Oil gets pumped out of the ground. The transactions are carried out using U.S. dollars. What that does is it creates demand for U.S. dollars because anybody who wants to buy oil has to have a bunch of dollars hanging around. If all the, if all the uh, transactions are denominated in dollars, you have to have some. So that causes demand, and guess what? They can create a lot of inflation, and we can export it, and that's what we've been doing. We've been exporting inflation. That's why you're not seeing the Venezuelan inflation here, because we're able to export it. But here's the thing. You see Russia cuts a deal with Iran. Iran cuts a deal with this country. China cuts a deal with uh, Iran, Turkey, whatever. Uh, Qatar is in there. All these deals, and we're going to use the yuan, we're going to use gold, we're going to use euros. Uh, Iran one is, is going to be selling oil for euros. And that was the same thing that their neighbor, Iraq, Saddam, decided that he wanted to try to do back in 2002, and they stretched his neck for it. And one of the first things that we did when we got into Iraq it had nothing to do with liberating the people or making things better for the people of Iraq. The first thing we did was we reset the oil trade to take place in dollars. That was the first thing we did. So that tells you what was important to us, was getting that, that turned around. Because that we can't have. Because if we're not using dollars to buy oil, there goes the demand for dollars. Who the heck wants them? What do you need them for? There's too many of them all of a sudden. Yeah. Now you got a problem. This is one of the reasons why the Fed said, starting at the beginning of the year, that they're going to actually tighten the money supply. And I don't know if you noticed this, but right about the same time as that happened, the three or four major websites where M3 was recreated, they all went off the air. No, I didn't know they all disappeared. <laughs> Yeah, Neon Futures was probably the most popular one uh, that people looked at because they gave a number of different uh, charts showing the, you know, showing 
visually what was going on with all monetary aggregates and gone. It just disappeared. Uh, so uh, there's there's something going on there. So are we looking at a 1932 file uh, deflationary spend? Normally, that's a good thing. Less of a dollar makes the dollars worth more. Here's the problem. What about all the debt? How? What's the debt denominated in? Dollars. What if there's not enough dollars to cover all this debt? Well, there won't be. Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Foreclosure. Repossession. I'm telling you, I've been saying this for 10 years, 12 years, whatever. People still don't want to listen. Stay the hell out of debt. Yes. Nobody wants to listen. Oh, I have to have this gizmo. I have to have this gadget. It's only $25 a month. You're a darn fool. Darn fool if you're having your stupid phone or your little touchpad, IS, G, whatever. Oh, we lost your voice. Uh, we lost your voice. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> the voice went blank for a second. For a second. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that creates possibly some, some real problems, especially if you get a bunch of these people, start working together, and they, and they drop the dollar all at the same time. Nobody has to sell a single treasury bond. That's the thing that people don't get. People always say, well, the Chinese, you know, they could dump the treasuries. They don't have to. All they have to do is get a bunch of countries to say, you know what? We're not going to use the dollar anymore. We're going to use cow flops because they're worth about the same thing. And that's it. It's over right there. We went to the Shanghai Accord where the countries in the countries uh, in the East uh, are, in the trading, are trading using the petro, uh, uh, the uh, yuan um, as the uh, yuan Petrodollar, if you will, reportedly partially backed gold. What's the status of that? Do you know? Do you have that? Do you know? Do you heard anything? It's ongoing. They're doing it. Uh, there's uh, bourses or exchanges that are selling oil for units of currency other than the dollar right now. Uh, so this is this is why everybody is in such an uproar. This is why you've seen this frenetic blitzkrieg uh, of rash foreign policy about. It's an intimidation attempt, basically. Uh, you know what the thing is? I think Russia's plan is smart. You know, they're not engaging really so much in the war of words. I know, but go ahead and talk all you We're going to help. We're, they're never going to leave Syria. Right. They're not going right. to let that one go. Right. And they're not going to. And it's 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 simple economics. It's all about that pipeline. They are not going to let that go. They're going to, without going in and start, because they're not stupid. They know that when this system here gets desperate, we will launch a nuclear weapon on somebody. I have no doubt if it gets that desperate that we would do something like that. No doubt. You think people crazy enough in, in, in our system to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they're not going to do anything to provoke that. They're going to help here and there, you know, kind of on the sly, on the down low. They're going to, they're going to influence situations, uh, shoot down some tomahawks. You know, our news is up there and says, oh, we launched, you know, 59 rockets into 
And the theory in here, it turns out that it's very likely that at least 60% of them got shot down. Never, never made it to their target. Uh, who knows if that's true? I wasn't there, uh, but it's food for thought. So a lot of these countries, go ahead. It just seems that all this starts from the very inception of schools in our school system. We're not taught to think. Uh, we're not taught to the um, reality, what really occurred. We're just taught to memorize information that the teacher gives us. Teachers typically um, are not scholars themselves. They don't research what they have to know to be a teacher. They just memorize and they regurgitate it to the kids um, for the most part. Now, there are teachers that say, hey, there's something wrong with this book. You know, it's rotten. And uh, we, But they probably would never become a teacher or they would drop out. Um, it just seems that I have conversations with teachers regarding history. And they don't like what I – and I just ask questions. I say, I understand how this occurred or whatever. They literally get angry because it, it deviates from what they've memorized and what they've been teaching their kids. And I think it's from a very, very early age. Um, I remember when my cousin Susan, who passed away seven years ago, she was a wonderful person. Wonderful I remember person. she took a course uh, entitled Home Economics. You know, I thought that was a big word when I was a little kid, you know. But we were taught to be independent. We were taught more to take care of ourselves, to think, to, to be responsible citizens. But today we're just taught to memorize. And I'm convinced that our school system is simply an indoctrination system by the government because it's all mostly hogwash. In fact, I just read an article the other day, and I forgot the gentleman's name, but he's a, a scholar at the uh, Mason University. And... Um, he said that education today is absolutely worthless, right across the board. He says, it's just worthless, what, what we learned. He said, it's better off if the kids just learn to read, write, do basic math, put them out on their own. They'll learn the rest on their own, whether it be in a garage or in a trade school or, or in a school that they teaches them something that they're interested in. And he said he wished they would do away with all schools. I thought it was a fascinating article. Fascinating article. The interesting thing about that is you take a bunch of seventh graders and on this, they understand inflation. If you show it to them, you don't tell them anything. You just demonstrate. And they explain exactly what it is to you. So, yeah. And it's not just, it's not just the school, it's the university system. It's even worse. Uh, because Supposedly, in the university system, you have scholars, and I can't tell you how many times, and I've told this story before, you know, being in grad school and you know getting into a, a debate with a professor, and the, the last shot that they fire is, well, because I said so. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that'll be one of two things. All right, you either don't know or you're wrong, and you really don't want to admit it. So, yeah. Look, even the scholars got Indianism all wrong, right? These smart guys, you know, the, the oh, what's his name? Krogan. Right. Right. Brilliant articles, right? All Keynesianism, it's all garbage. Because all the ten, all the all the foundation is wrong. The foundation is rotten. 
So what's going to happen when you try and build something on top of it? It's going to collapse. That was the whole idea of Keynesianism. It was, and then Keynes said, this is a short-term fix. And it's not even really a fix. It's a ban. That was never meant to be a long-term policy. And what I'm talking about is this idea uh, that when the economy dips into recession, because we don't have a decent currency, uh, we don't have a, a, a unit-backed currency uh, that maintains its value. That's why you have swings in the economy. If you had a, a gold that nobody messed with and the banks stayed out of it and they didn't print certificates to get the gold and then go and print too many and do all those kind of tricks, uh, you'd have a fairly stable, you know, there'd be ups and flows. But now it's like this because there's all this interference that's taking place. So even university scholars, um, you pick up The Economist, you pick up any of these publications, and these articles, I saw great, and they got these complex math formulas and all this other stuff. But guess what? Garbage in, garbage out. Mm. And mm. that's what it is. When you talk about, you know, starting with young people, uh, you feed them a false premise, and they'll build their entire life on it. And that's exactly what's happened. We've built an entire generation on the false premise that it's good to be in debt, right? You have to go to college because if you don't, you'll never make any money. Well, golly gee, I just talked to a fellow the other day who was welder and he makes almost six figures welding. He never said foot in a college classroom. Right. There's a lot of really good jobs you don't need to go to college for. But this is a this is a cash register. The government guarantees the loans, right? So the college costs go up seven, eight percent a year. Uh, does that sound like the housing market with Fannie May guaranteeing <laughs> mortgages? I mean, it's the same thing. It's the exact same market. And the thing is, people are taught from the very beginning that this is okay. Yeah. It's okay to do this because you're getting something now. Whether it's a, a course, an education, a car, a house, whatever, you're satisfying your want now, and don't worry about the future because in the future, in the long run, we're dead anyway. Yeah. That basically that little nugget that is the, the foundation of our economic thinking, and it's false. You know, whenever so they come up, that, whenever they come up with some, whenever come up with some sort of policy statement, no one ever asked the question, whether it be on TV or in conversation or whatever, say, does the president have the authority to do that? Does Congress have the authority to do that? Does the that violate my rights under the Constitution? They never mentioned anything. It's only, you know, well, this person's authority, we lose what he has to say, we can't do that. They know more than I do. So uh, they said they're the bad guys, so they're bad and we're good. And this conversation has ended. And if you ever bring it up, you're anti-American. You're anti-American. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Have you noticed in the last decade how you hear less and less about what Congress is doing? And it's always insert president's name here, said, did, enacted, issued, whatever, decreed, whatever. We, I'm telling you, we are being groomed for a dictator. 
and people can get mad and they can call up and they can cut out. I don't care because it's all right there, right on the wall. We're being groomed for that, just the same way as we were groomed to accept ever-increasing levels of debt. We're being groomed to accept ever-increasing levels of government interference and quasi-dictatorial moves, and nobody dares ask the question. Even the, even, even the left, they don't say, well, that's not the president's fault. They're worried about some stupid cheap show uh, with, with some hacker uh, worried about an election. That's, that's what they're all focused on. So if they were really uh, you know, looking out for America, and if they were states people, they, they would be asking these questions and saying, there, there's one person who should not be making these decisions. One person, whoever it is, I don't care if they're purple, should not be making the decision, well, the United States is going to apply of a treaty or the United States is going to violate its word on this treaty. That's Congress's job. Right. Right. I mean, when really, and the sad thing is, I, other than you, I don't hear a lot of Jeffersonian liberals or liberals Libertarians, as we would call uh, similarly, uh, uh, whatever, people that have similar beliefs today, we, we don't hear too many people ask that question. Hey, who gives one person the authority to take us to war? Oh, well, they have 60 days. We've been at war in Iraq, Afghanistan for, oh, what, 17 years, I think. 17 years, yes, 17 years. And did Congress ever pass a declaration? Not that I know of. Nope. They have. I mean, how, how, and that was, that was, that was three, you know, monkey suits ago. How, how does that happen? Well, Andy, if it's there, we'll have to fight them here. here. We'll have to fight them here. I'd rather fight them here. That's right. That's right. But again, it comes down to this false little premise. And then you build this ever-increasing structure on it, and it's all, it's all, all you have to do is go, and it falls over because there's nothing under it. There's nothing supporting it. And people take five minutes and think about what you and I have been talking about for the last half hour. They figure it out, and they can be free. It's, it, it's nothing special. You, you know, you and I have to say, we're nothing special. So everybody, everybody that's listening to the show has the same capability as, as we do. How we got there, different paths. Uh, you came from a generation that respected uh, different things than we respect now. You came from a generation that respected the Constitution, the rule of law, the role of government, things like that. Now we have a generation. They don't respect themselves. They don't respect each other. People shoot each other over a bottle of soda. Uh, or a phone. I, this is so. What, what do we expect when it comes to critical thinking about foreign policy? I think any. You know, even I could might, might as well go down to you know wherever and talk to the wall and probably get further. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's unfortunately the state that we're in. And and people, say, who cares? How does that have to deal with me? What does that have to do with me? How? Why do I need to worry about that? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Once you know yeah. knowledge, that creates a 
responsibility. And people don't want that. Yeah. Everything's everybody mm-hmm. else's fault. Nothing is my fault. Everything is always that guy. My parents did this. My whatever. The teacher sucked. Uh, the principal was a jerk. Press was, you know, racist. Whatever. I mean, you hear this all the time, right? Nobody is responsible. Absolutely. So why should I be responsible for my own understanding of the world that I live in? Why should I be responsible for my own finances? I can just do whatever I want and declare bankruptcy and let somebody else do it. Or I can be a person who's perfectly capable of working, but I will make a cogent choice to sit on my ass, pardon my French, and collect welfare and lie about it like a lot of this, a lot of what's going on. And it's perfectly fine. Oh, I'll just I'll do that because that's what I want to do. There's no respect for any institution, law, government, proper government, none of it. Do you think that our monetary that our, policy is going to dictate our foreign policy decisions? Um, example, um, if if the U.S. dollar that all the people I read, I mean, other than watch television, you know, all the scholars say, you know, this is what we're doing is unsustainable, as you have said. You know, eventually the dollar reach its demise, and we we may many say within two years we may have a disruption of the dollar. That's going to adversely affect or change or modify all of our thinking regarding foreign policy, and some of that, some of those decisions are going to be probably very wicked. What do you suspect is going to happen if and when, I mean, when the dollar loses its value and people start not wanting to renew their the, the, the debt, you know, roll over the debt? Um, obviously, they gave us their currency, our currency. We've spent their currency. We don't have it now. So they're going to say, hey, here's $3 billion. I'm cashing out. We have nothing to give them. What do we do? Give them oil? I mean, and, and how does that affect our all foreign policy in that respect? In that respect, well, they're kind of driving each other right now. Uh, foreign policy and and not so much foreign policy, but uh, foreign goings on, if you will, has has started uh, to drive monetary policy back here because, like I said earlier, adjustments have to be made if. Uh, Entities abandon use of the dollar for uh, international transactions, uh, whether it's in oil or other stuff. I mean, oil's a big thing. That was, that was from the agreement with Saudi Arabia back in the early 70s. You know, you you uh, buy debt from us, uh, we'll we'll pay you with these pieces of paper, and we'll give you basically exclusive pricing uh, in the oil market. So that, that was the agreement that led to what's now called the petrodollar. So that, that agreement's been in place, obviously, a number of years, and people are getting tired of it because they know uh, you lose the dollar from when the Fed took over in 1913, it lost 97% of purchasing power. So it's not when <laughs> the dollar falls, it's how much more is it going to fall? How come uh, we haven't found, felt a, um, a repercussion after the Shanghai Accord was uh, reached with the, all the Eastern countries, you know, China, India, Mongolia, uh, Ru- Russia, um, you know, and some of uh, the, all the staff, including Pakistan, they're trading 
uh, pet, uh, petroleum with yuan. How come that we haven't seen a big disruption in U.S. dollar or some sort of big shake and panic in the in the monetary system? In the monetary system, you are. You're seeing it on the foreign policy side. You're not seeing it on the monetary side. What's happening on the monetary side is a scale, right? As as countries drop the dollar, the Fed comes in and they say, "All right, we're going to tighten by 600 billion." And that kind of helps even things out. So they're, they're trying to, it's like juggling act. There's a treasury bubble. They've got another housing bubble blowing up. The stock market's clearly a bubble. Uh, what else? Uh, just a, a student loan bubble. Uh, just a general. It, the world is awash in debt. Right. So there's a gigantic debt bubble. Now, why we haven't seen a shock is because the action overseas hasn't been big enough to overwhelm uh, basically the retaliatory strike that's taken place by the Fed to trim uh, the excess money out of the system and keep that, that supply and demand kind of balanced. Um, what, what you can, what you, like I said, you get a, a whole bunch of countries to go away from oil and say, well, we're, this is working great with oil. We're going to do it for everything. And we're all going to do it at once. Now that, that would be a shock. But see, when this started, this is why you're seeing this foreign policy frenzy. Uh, you know, we're, we're attacking Vietnam, or not Vietnam, Korea. We're attacking every country that ends in stand. We're attacking Turkey. We're after Russia. We're after Syria. We're after everybody. Why? Because this whole this whole thing is starting to shake. We've we've been kind of slow slow burning for a while now, but these little agreements keep chopping away at what was left of the foundation. I don't know if it comes crashing down or if they slow burn down all the way. It doesn't matter. They end up in the same place, regardless. Dollar's going to lose its lose its spot. Maybe yuan takes its place. Maybe it's the bricks basket back by gold, partially. Uh, maybe it's something along the lines of an FDR. But we're not going to have that exclusive uh, privilege of exporting inflation anymore. And that's going to cause dramatic changes in the way we do business, conduct our personal business in the country. That will that will bring about like it, it'd be like a mass change, really. That that's how you know tremendous something like that would be. Would, so would you, would it's you, happening would, slowly would you, right now. Would you know what would, would we know? give uh, countries that are uh, holding our debt? Uh, that re- decide when it comes when it matures, and they don't they they don't agree to um, roll it over. They want out. They want to cash out their four hundred million dollars or whatever it is of, of debt they have in the United States. They want to cash out. What do we give them? We can't what give them dollars. Give? It's just more debt. More debt. Well, that's that's the thing. That's the that's the problem. Right now, it's we're not we're giving them a threat. Basically, uh, you know, we're we are sinking down a little bit as an empire, but basically the you know the rhetoric is hey we can still do a lot of damage to you uh, if we decide to do this or you know some other thing um, you know like tariffs. I mean that was just obvious, obvious shot China. That's a congressional issue, not a presidential. Uh, 
Again, nobody asked the question. Who gives the president the authority to do this? Just unilateral like that. Other countries aren't even asking that question. You don't see media outlets all around the world saying, who died and made these people king? <laughs> I mean, really, what, what's this, you know, where, are we, where are we going here? Uh, so this, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how good our central bank, and, and not only the central bank, but the, you know, also the, the, the big money center banks, how good they are at kind of you know, deflecting these, the effects of these little agreements that are taking place around the world. Here, I'll give you something food for thought. Uh, Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, former CEO at ExxonMobil, right? right? It'd be a really bad right. thing to have a CEO of an oil company as your uh, Secretary of State when gas prices are rising like crazy, wouldn't it? So we got to get rid of him. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who, who knows what's going on in advance and who doesn't? I mean, that's, think about it. Think about it. That, that's, that's not going to be good press to have a situation like that going on. Uh, and it seems like the, the more people we swap out, the more harsh. You know, you got this other, this Pompeo, he's running his mouth. You know, the way you talk, he's talking, you think he, he was a, a prize fighter going up, going up against like a stringy 155-year-old <laughs> high school kid. You know, or some, you know, some crazy thing like some little skinny twerp. You know, I mean, they're, it's getting, it's not a cold war. It's a hot one. Yeah. The only thing I haven't gone out with is regards to you know weapons yet. But I tell you, we're firing missiles into Syria. Uh, Israel is firing missiles, doing things in Syria, and the Russians are doing things to protect their interests in Syria. We're really at war with the Russians. Nobody wants to say that. Right. That would really yeah. upset things. Yeah. You couldn't have a twenty-six thousand point Dow while we're involved in World War Three with the Russians. Right. Why do you think the uh, market is held up so well? And um, it, it, it seems that uh, people are accepting this antagonistic uh, foreign policy that we have. Uh, everyone seems to be our enemy. Everyone has to follow what we say. It you don't hear people say, well, geez, President uh, Trump is a strong president. So he'll make America great again. And uh, it just seems to degrading America to uh, it's like the bull on the block, the one that no one likes, and they just we would just someone else would punch his lights out and move out of the neighborhood. And uh, I I just don't get it. I almost feel like I'm a a person, you know, uh, antagonist to this whole situation. And I don't understand. I don't understand. What I don't understand. I don't know what. And I don't know what. Here's the thing. You have to have the figurehead that's appropriate for the times that the country's going through. Yeah. Uh, the figurehead we used previously uh, was very abrasive, uh, but didn't have didn't have the ability to instantly generate controversy. That's what we need now is somebody who can cause an instant diversion away from these, whether it's these deals. Uh, to undermine the dollar or, you know, bad foreign policy, uh, you know, lashing out at even more countries. Basically, now we're alienating the Europeans yeah. and, and the British, mm-hmm. and they've always been 
among our strongest allies, and, and we're alienating them now, pulling out of uh, the Iran deal, that nuke deal. Uh, that was a terrible decision. If you're thinking about diplomacy and you know good foreign relations, that was probably the worst decision that could have possibly been made. But when you think about what is going on behind the scenes in the times that we're in, that was exactly what that was the only way it was going to go, really. So look for look for friends to be alienated. Uh, look for you know more of these you know impulsive uh, policies. You guys have a problem over there? Oh no! Oh no! I thought you lost me again. Okay, I'm sorry. We're a little thinking. Okay, I'm sorry. We're a little thinking. Andy, we're about two seconds to go. So we're basically out of time. I want to thank you so much for being on our show. I hope you will accept our invitation to return in the near future for an update. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about and a lot of things are going to happen. And I'd love your input on it. I'd love your input on it. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye now. All right. Bye bye now. Folks, this is the end of today's broadcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors for the financial support, and we'd like to thank you for listening in. You can further the cause of liberty by recommending this program to your friends and let us hear from you. Our email address is comments at libertytalkradio.com. Remember, as my wife would say, you're either allowing your liberties to be taken away or you're striving to protect them. Unfortunately, folks, there is no middle ground. Until next time, this is Joe Cristiano. You've been listening to Liberty Talk Radio. Stay well. Stay tuned. Got it.